Proverbs chapter 4 is where we're going to be. So Proverbs chapter number 4, if you take your Bible. In just a moment, we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 10. And then we'll probably jump down a little bit and and read some in verse number 20 onward. Uh, This was just a couple weeks ago. So a couple weeks ago, I had the privilege of being with our teenagers at their weekend retreat. And it was a weekend that was filled with a lot of nostalgia for me because it was held at a camp in Sampson, Alabama. And when I was youth pastor a lot of years ago, back in the late 1800s, we used to take teenagers up to Camp Victory, and, and so it was just filled with a lot of great memories. In fact, one of the early uh, memories that I had is, is we took a, a trip up there with a group of teenagers, and it was like a week-long mini missions trip, and, and we built some, some different landings and some, some, like a patio, tiered patio area out of out of you know railroad ties and so I'm just doing this walk down nostalgia lane the food they make wonderful chocolate chip cookies and so I'm enjoying the cookies and the chapel and so I had a great time with our teenagers uh, both with our current teens and in in my own memories enjoying days gone by well we had a great week and or a great weekend and and we finished up and I'm driving back from Alabama and I'm on, on um, I-10 and I'm actually coming west on 10. Because to get to Samson, you'd go east and then and head north. And so I'm coming west on I-10 and you know when traffic all of a sudden starts to slow down. Have you ever seen an accident happen before you where you could actually see sometimes like debris flying or smoke from tires? So I'm driving 70, 75 miles an hour down I-10 and I saw no debris coming up or smoke happening, but the accident had just happened. And so cars immediately are, you know, braking and, and obviously I did the same. I couldn't see exactly what happened because there's a truck in front of me and other traffic. And so I couldn't see like who hit who and what happened and how bad is it. But, but I know I'm coming up on it. And when I started to come up on it, I came across the debris field. And when I say debris field, I'd never, quite honestly, and I've seen accidents like all of us have, but I'd never seen a debris field just like this. And it was prolific. It was everywhere, just this debris spread out. And so I'm leaning, I'm trying to inch over to see what happened. Well, once I got closer, I start to discern. I see that there's not only just this trail of debris, but there are, are, it looked like walls that had been twisted and broken and and shredded, but there there are the remnants of walls. And then I could see it looked like a flatbed trailer, but it wasn't. It was, it was some kind of a camper, long extended trailer. It was a large RV that was being pulled by an SUV. The whole thing had rolled. So the, the trailer was just absolutely flattened. There's nothing left on the trailer. That's the debris field. The, the trailer somehow was still attached to the SUV and you could tell that both the trailer and the SUV had rolled. And I know they rolled at least once. I don't know if they rolled more than that. The most unsettling part about what I saw was, and relieving part, quite honestly, 
there, there were no other vehicles involved in the accident. It was just this SUV and the trailer. So no other vehicles involved. And then I, I saw the people. There, it looked like a family. There are three children, at least three children seated on the ground. And you can tell that all this has just happened. That multiple cars have stopped. There, there are people, you know, everywhere. But nobody is, you know, over uh, crowding this family. The, the mother has an infant in her arms. She's, she's crying and she's on the phone. And what I'm assuming is the father, the dad, he looks like, and I'm, you know how slow traffic is going. I am inching by this whole scene. He, he looks like he's in shock. He's walking around, his eyes are just dazed and he's just kind of walking in this little pattern while, while the children are all seated and, and by God's grace, it appears that everyone survives the accident. But you just see this whole thing and the, forgive the word, but the physical, the, the, the mechanical carnage that is strewn all along the way because something happened. Now, I'm going to make an assumption, so I'm letting you know. I, I realize very clearly that I don't know all the story. But I'm making an assumption, and it may be a safe assumption. It may be a safe assumption to say that, that the smallest of errors produced the, the greatest of problems. Like just for a moment, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, a, a million different things could have happened, but but I mean, he's driving, he's got at least four children, his wife, this packed SUV, this, this RV behind him, this long trailer. And, and I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I know what could happen to me. And I'm not being silly about this, but I, I'm, I'm a distracted driver. Okay. I mean, my, my wife will tell me all the time, hey, and I'll say, I was watching, I was watching. You know? <laughs> I know what could happen to me. Hey, 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 hey. No, I'm, I see it. I see it. Now that you said, hey, okay. I, <laughs> I just know what could happen to me. I know that I could have been the distracted driver who's looking at whatever, a, a million different things. I, I could be driving and I turn around and say, hey, you kids cut it out. And all of a sudden it's too late to correct. So when I'm thinking about, you know, all the details, I know there is a question that's going to be asked repeatedly. They're going to get asked that question. I mean, people who, who the, the, the number of cars that pull up and they run out, I know what they're going to say. Two words. They're going to say, what happened? They're going to have be seated around a, a family meal with relatives and extended family. And they're going to say, so wow, I'm so glad you guys are okay. So what happened? I mean, over and over and over again, he's going to relive the what happened question. And I can't help but think that there are so many times when I look at, at things in my own life 
Or I look at the life of a person that I've had the utmost respect for. And sometimes you just stand back and, and you see the carnage that has happened. And you start to ask the question that everybody is asking, or at least it's on their mind. What happened? I wonder if in areas of your life personally and in areas of mine, if we continue to go the direction that we are currently going in such a variety of different aspects of life, mine and yours, if there is no course correction, where does that lead us? I heard a guy say this years ago. In fact, I wrote it in the back of my Bible. And he is no longer in ministry. But I wrote his statement in the back of my Bible that I will summarize the statement, but it's not, it's not too loose of a, of a quotation. He said, if you keep heading in the direction you're going, you're going to get where you're headed. And I wonder if in our lives we, we take the time to at least ask the question, if I keep going in this direction without any course correction, where does that lead? So Proverbs chapter four is, is like this father's plea to his son. And look at verse number 10, Proverbs chapter four, beginning in verse number 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go, keep her. And listen to these words. For she is thy life. Look down at verse number 20. Again, he starts again with, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, failure is something that that all of us fear. And I think there may actually be some types of failure and I don't wanna necessarily take all the time to go into it, but there are probably some failures that are good for us to experience. That we don't just walk into everything and, and immediately succeed at whatever we do. It's, there's some help about, like I missed the shot. I, I failed to do what I set out to do. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep practicing. I'm gonna keep going to the gym and I'm gonna keep, you know, I'm gonna keep honing and perfecting and working because I failed to win the game last time and I wanna win the game the next time. There, there are probably some helpful aspects of failure that, that humble us and, and drive us and refine us. But I think there's also some types of failure that, that we don't have to fail at. They're, they're avoidable failures. And what God does in his word is he starts to, to place these, I don't know, these, these messages and these, these, you know, these pulls on us to say, hey, you don't, you don't have to go down that road. 
You don't, you don't have to clean up that carnage. You don't have to pick up that mess. There, there are some failures that you and I don't have to experience to actually grow from. And all of us are as capable as the next person to fail in, in ways that we, we don't have to fail. But all of us are equally capable. In other words, there's never a, a time in your life, there might be a physical time when your flesh can't do certain things. That, that, that is, that is a, a point in time at which our, the, 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 the dust is about to return to dust. But you know, we're in this room right now, our flesh until the day it's in the ground is gonna want what it wants. Our sin nature is fully able to sin. So what do we do about that? What does the Bible start to say to keep us back from those things that, that can be avoidable failures? I think some of the reasons, and we'll mention just a few tonight, some of the reasons why we start to, yeah, I don't know, have to clean up the carnage. I, I see this first of all in verse number 10. I see if this, if this happens to me, it's not the, the word's fault, nobody's fault but my own, and that would be my failure to listen. Just, I mean, this is not rocket scientists. This is just like, okay, I can listen. I can incline mine ear. Look at, again what he says in verse number 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. And then look again down at verse number 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my sayings. There's this familial aspect, this family appeal. He's, he, he, he's endearing himself. He says, you're my son. Do you get a little hint? Now, this is the, the human author, Solomon. But the, the, the heavenly author, God. Do you see Solomon hearkening back just a little bit to that which he already knows his own father has said? But do you remember the time when, when David is, um, he's actually running for his life from his son Absalom. Do you remember the, the events that unfold? And Absalom had stolen the hearts of the people of Israel. And so David has to literally flee for his life. And Absalom so despises his father that he goes into his father's concubines. David had sinned secretly, his son sins openly. And whoa, man, the sin that Absalom commits. And yet David's heart still longs for his son. And when, when they took the life of Absalom in battle in the woods, Joab, Joab ends his life and the word comes to David and David begins to mourn and he begins to pour out his heart. I, I, would, I would do no justice to try to imitate the, the wail that comes from David's mouth. In scripture, it seems like it can't even contain the, the words Absalom, my son, my son. Would God I had died for thee. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And he keeps repeating this idea. I, I would have traded places with you. Absalom, my son. Oh, my son. And his heart just seems to pour out. And he's, oh, this is my son. And this is almighty God personified in wisdom. And he says, my son, just listen. I mean, don't turn it off before you even hear what I have to say. Do you remember times when, um, I don't know, with you and your parents, when you just wouldn't even hear it? 
Did you ever have moments like that? I'm talking to myself and, you know, I, I just remember back to times when I just didn't even want to hear it. You know, yeah, well, whatever, you know. I'm, I, quite honestly, I wouldn't have said that to my dad because I wouldn't be standing here to tell you today, okay? You know, I wouldn't have said that. Yeah, whatever, dad. Like, whoa, those were my last words. He said, whatever, okay? That was on my tombstone right there, so... He shouldn't have said what, okay. So anyways, I wouldn't say that to my dad, but I'd think it in my mind, yeah, yeah. Or that look, you know the look you give your parents when they're, when they're saying something? It's like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I said, yeah. Yeah, okay, you need that idea? Where you just, like they know you're not listening. And what does the Bible say? It says, incline your ear. I'm sorry, can, can, you, can you say it again? Because I want to hear that. And we, when we want to hear something, we lean toward. We incline our body toward. We bend our ear toward. Can you, I don't want to miss that. We silence other noises. Hey, can you be quiet for a minute? I want to hear this. There's something about just this first step of saying, I, I got to hear what he has to say. And he's using this in family terms. We're, we're using it just in, in like, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me? I'm listening. Tell me what I need to hear. The connection and the concern of people about you that love you and care enough about you to speak truth to you are people that you should value and prize. If you have a person who will tell you the truth, you ought to thank God today for that person. Proverbs 27 verse 9 says, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by, listen to this, hearty counsel. Hearty counsel. The word hearty, it's an interesting word. It means living, that which breathes. Like this is life-giving counsel. I mean, sometimes we don't want to hear it, but you and I all, I have friends that care enough about me that tell me things I don't like to hear, but that I need to hear. And I'm not being silly about this in the least. And, and I'm saying this to both men and women, men, married men in here. If you have a wife that will tell you what you need to hear, don't, don't shut that down. Who, who else loves us like they do to tell us things that we need to hear that sometimes nobody else is gonna tell us. Wives, if you have a husband that loves you enough to say things that's like, oh, sweetheart, I, I don't know how to say this, but, but can we talk? And through the course of that conversation, some things come up that are not pleasant to hear, but they're necessary things to hear. That is life-giving counsel. We don't like it. Sometimes we, we wonder, what in the world are you doing? Why are you saying this? You don't really care. You're not my friend. You, you, if you love me, man, sometimes that is exactly, it's life-giving. It's, it's, that counsel breathes. Uh, Julie and I were in North Carolina on vacation a couple years ago, and we're hiking. We're just doing some hiking in some really beautiful parts of North Carolina. And he had just come back from hiking to a waterfall. And they have some spectacular waterfalls. So we're hiking in, in North Carolina. We're coming back from hiking, walking on a trail. And Julie was uh, like, I don't know, maybe a step in front of me. 
So we're walking and all of a sudden I just grabbed her and I mean, I mean, I, I shoved her back and she gave me this look that is not the kind of look I really want to have every day from my wife, okay? Because we're walking, I'm just like, hey, you know, and I, and I grabbed her and I pushed her back and she's like, what are you, you know, and she gave me this look like, and all I did when she's like, what are you doing? I said, look, and there is a copperhead right across, I mean, a, a venomous large snake right across the path. Her foot was like right there. And I'm like, whoa, you know, and, and she's like, what are you? And I point and she's like, ah! jumps up in my lap, you know. <laughs> you know, when you understand the intent of a person, it really changes how you see what the person's doing. And, and many times we get bothered at the person who loves us enough to tell us the truth without standing back for just a moment and see what is it that they're trying to keep me from. You know, the, the listening, there's something parental here. There's, there's something certainly that, that speaks to our friends. We'll cover this, I think, a little bit more in a few moments, but just to listen to what we might refer to as the whisper of the Holy Spirit. The whisper of the Holy Spirit. There's a phrase in the Psalms, and forgive me, I don't have the reference, but the idea is that we oftentimes find ourselves in this pit of noise. So much just volume all around us. And you know what the Holy Spirit oftentimes does is he'll take us and remove us from all the noise and then he just expects us to shh, be still and listen. Listen. Why is it that sometimes we find the carnage strewn all around us just because we haven't been still for a moment? And I, got, I have to listen to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. When, when they're speaking to what's going to take place from the, the, the remnant, the captivity, it's, it's quite interesting. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse number 21, and thine ears, the prophet says, shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, he, he's saying, all right, there's going to be counsel that, that I have just instilled over and over and over in you. And, you know, you're going to go and like, what am I supposed to do? He says, it's as if there's this little whisper behind you. Okay, shh, this is the way. To hear that counsel whisper in your ear, you have to be listening. We almost incline, we lean our ear into that. Tell me what I need to hear. The Holy Spirit who is our guide, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Why is it that oftentimes we find that carnage strewn? Because we fail to listen. There's a couple others that we'll mention, fail to learn. Look at, look at verse 11 and 12, Proverbs 4, verse number 11. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. When thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Okay, how is it that I get this, this straightened path? The, the, he's, saying, he's saying literally when he, when he unfolds this, he says, thy steps shall not be straightened. That means your steps aren't gonna cause you distress. 
There's not gonna be this issue surrounding your way. He said, this is a good way, walk ye in it. How do I get to run and how do I get to not stumble? Well, he says, just learn. I've taught thee the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. That means you've got a protected path. Stay on that way. Now listen, listen, I'm, I'm teaching you. So if I listen, I put myself in a position where I can learn. I'm hearing that. That's where that applies in my life. That's why this is dangerous. Oh, this is why I should be involved in. This is why I should embrace this. I mean, he just starts to take all the different aspects and challenges of life and he weaves it together in a way that I actually start to get. You know, life can be a little confusing. How do I navigate all this? But when I just, okay, I'm listening. Wow, I'm learning. I'm starting to develop some sense of spiritual maturity. I, I, was, I was fed with milk and not with meat for hitherto I was not able to bear it. But hey, you know what? Now I'm starting to be able to actually chew on some things from the word of God and, and process these thoughts there's something I'm learning. Where do we get that? Well, certainly we get it from good counsel, but man, your primary source of learning is this wonderfully timeless book called the Word of God. And it's right there for us. And I mean, page after page after page. Th this has happened to so many that are in here. I mean, so many. And some of you might say, it's been a long time, but yeah, that, that happened to me. Where the Word... I mean, a, a printed page, but a living book met you at a point in time in your life when you'd say, God, whew, that's no coincidence. That is exactly what I needed. And it was the word of God for you. Do you know what God's word has for people like me, people like you? It has something for me to learn. And when I start to find myself in it, I start to find it in me. And now I get to start navigating through life because I've learned something from this book. Psalm 43, Psalm 43, verse number three, oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Psalm 119, 133, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Lord, you direct my steps. You know the steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. So we, we sometimes sing the old chorus, step by step, he leads me. And each step is necessary to actually make up a way. A way is only the combination of several steps. Steps of good men ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. Where do I start finding out about all these things? From the word of God. Psalm 17, verse number five. Hold up my goings in thy paths that my footsteps slip not. You know, I think, I think the guy who is, is writing, I'm going to read it in a moment, Psalm 19, verse number 13, was actually thinking back to his predecessor. So David writes Psalm 19. And I think David's thinking back, okay, wow, I remember King Saul. Wow. He, he presumed that he could do this and this and this and this. And guess what? Saul finally got all that he was walking towards. He, he wound up there. He presumed, I, I can do this, I can, I can do the part of the priest, sure. Well, no, you can't, that's not yours to do. I can modify God's commands. No, you can't modify those commands. I can, I can go consult whoever, no, you can't do these things. 
He presumed, hey, I'm king, I can do, listen, wow, there's, there's, I'm one of them. I'm one of the pastors that's here tonight with a host of pastors. David said, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. Keep me back from presuming that I'm in a special place. So I should be able to, God forbid, we're, we're part of that, that, that unified body of believers, part of the body. And sometimes those hidden parts are actually more valuable than the more visible parts. And so David just says, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. He says, I don't want to wind up with the great transgression. So if I don't want to be there, Lord, please keep me from, from presuming here. To wrap this up, the failure to, for lack of a better expression, you know, we talked about failure to listen, which then I, failure to learn and then failure to, to latch, failure to lock, to hold on to. Look at it, verse number 13. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her for she is thy life. He's saying, okay, you got to listen. Lean into this. Hear the word of the Lord. He says, then you're going to start to learn. You're going you're gonna to figure out what is it that I'm supposed to be doing. And then he says, don't let that go. Okay, you receive something. We sometimes use the expression, ye did run well. What, what doth hinder you? You, you ran really well. The, the, the race was going so well. What happened? He says, well, you didn't hold on. Now, I know, I, I understand what we're saying regarding holding on. Literally, God's the one who has a hold of you. You're eternally secure in him. That, that is a like, wow, oh, thank you, Lord. Because if it was left up to me to hold on to you, oh, Lord. But he says, I've, I've, I've got you. I've upholding you with the right hand of my righteousness. He says, listen, all that are in the Father's hands are in very safe keeping. Okay, but, but what, is this what he's talking about? Or is he hold, saying, hold on to the truths that you've learned. Hold on to what you know is right to do. I know if you're saved, God's got a hold of you. The question is, what are you holding on to? Hold fast to that which is good. So what happens when, when we don't do this? Wow, the, the wreckage that is strewn. How many of you have ever, it's just, just us here tonight. So how many of you have ever been driving before and you got a little drowsy and all of a sudden you heard that thump, thump, thump with that little rumble strip on the, how many of you ever had that happen to you before? For shame, for shame, okay. <laughs> It's happened to a lot of us. And then how many of you had that? So you're driving and you're a little tired and all of a sudden, you know, that boom, 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 boom. How many of you had that just jolt of adrenaline? Like, oh, 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 sticking your head out the window, you know, and have you done that? Okay. Do you know what God so graciously does for people like me and people like you? He so often gives us that, that jolt do you know he said, he promised us, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a, isn't that great, a way of escape? That you may be able to bear it. You can, you can get through this. 
And, and so often that, that jolt, that strip on the side of the road, man, it just causes us to, oh. And maybe occasionally you have said, I got I to gotta pull over and I got I to gotta get some sleep. I, I shouldn't be driving right now. And you may actually avert the question, what happened? So I'm only asking tonight, is there something that God, the Holy Spirit, would say to you tonight? Do you know if you keep heading in that direction, I want to give you just a little glimpse of where you're going to wind up. And if that rumble strip on the, the, of the word of God has just, I don't know, gotten your attention, why wouldn't we say, oh, Lord, let me, let me incline my ear to you. Let me learn from what you'd have for me. And Lord, may I hold fast. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Out of it, the issues of life.